It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Hey, welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host, Michael McMillan, and this is your other host. I'm Bryce Johnson. And we're just listening to the intro uh, with our guest, who we'll introduce in a moment. But I'm realizing that Pete Gardner, who's the voice of our Sasquatch in the opening, I think is not so subtly trolling us in our own... It's a lot. Our own introduction. It's an awful lot. Oh boy! Shoot. Well, um, we have a fantastic guest we today. We're finally arriving as a podcast because uh. we have Paul F. Tompkins with us in the studio. Hi, Paul. Hi, everybody. I'm not going to keep you away from the listeners <laughs> any longer. We're sure. going to jump right in and they want to get Paul. at me. Uh. So, how are you, Paul? I well, I really enjoy that intro it's pretty fun right? i like that <laughs> sasquatch some... as an evil laugh yeah yeah, yeah. and then I... also he knows some ghost stories right. i'm not sure right. Pete understands the character of sasquatch yeah. but uh he's bringing some of his own flavor to it which i really <laughs> like when riley our sound engineer hi riley he's hi, waving riley. at everybody when he sent that to me i was like i don't know but then i listened <laughs> to it again and i was it like it grows on you fast oh this for sure and i could tell riley was like i don't you're gonna like this right sometimes if it feels wrong you know it's right did pete send this in no he was our first guest and you were not here for when he recorded no 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 no. so we already had the music which is uh provided by a band named sun eaters from lotus pool records it's uh i gotta uh, gotta tell you secrets my brother-in-law's band oh um but which i love this music and i asked him give us something a little spooky and fun with Mm. a little you know with like a good rock kick to it right because that's what i i call a rock kick um and uh pete was here and i i don't know before he left i go hey just give us get, can you just because he was doing off a big cuff. he was doing off off uh i was about to say offline but uh, off mic he was doing like a bigfoot voice and we're like hey do that and yeah that's we, we might use it we let's might use, use that. it let's just, let's just do this that's what he would sound it, like right so then then that's how we have but you our were, intro but you watched him say those things at the time, it okay. just seemed yes. innocuous. All right. But we didn't know like, we were going to use Yeah, we were just right. like, this is funny. <laughs> yeah. And now we realize he was just trolling, completely totally. making fun of us. He's making a mockery of yeah. the whole I know. proceedings. Yeah. I, know. I know. I am worried that people who are tuning into this, because, you know, we like to have fun on the show, but and and uh, but some people I think are we might be pissing off already. Oh, so man, for all for of sure. you real enthusiasts, here's how it goes. Bryce is more intense about any of this than any of you, okay? Bryce believes the weirdest oh, no. shit, and it's great. And I'm here because I'm open to all of it, and I do actually agree with you 75 to 80 percent of the time. Cool. So listen, it's a high we're, percentage. Yeah. yeah, we're really, we're really into this stuff. Okay, <laughs> we might get some of the facts wrong. You might be, you know, yelling at us because we don't know our stuff. But right. listen, we're into it. Yeah, uh, Bryce has a. A real plaster Bigfoot cast. Yeah, Come on. We're just a couple guys hanging out in the clubhouse here. Yeah, that's right. Hey, that's all. It's just clubhouse talk. Just tell some stories. Uh, so, Paul, um, what is your personal paranormal history? My, it's, it's very limited, and I can't remember how old I was. I want to say, like, I was, I was in grade school. I was, you know, I wasn't like a, a toddler or anything, but I remember being in my bed, maybe I was in, like, fifth grade, sixth grade or something like that. And looking out at the night sky Mm -hmm. through the window and I saw what just looked like another star moving in, you know, in like very specific ways, like kind of sliding, like sliding down, then over, then across, you know, and I felt like, uh, you know, I felt like, well, I'm looking at a UFO, you know, that's all it did. And that was it. And I remember telling my mom the next day, and she was surprisingly like, um, you know, su- supportive is not the right word, but yeah, like like she wasn't she wasn't she didn't talk me out of it. She didn't yeah. say no. It was probably this. Yeah, she was like, oh really? You know. And from but, what I understand, your mom was pretty religious Catholic, correct? For a while until she wasn't religious at all anymore. Got it. Yes, that's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're in good company. I mean. So many people have seen stuff like that. And, you know, and I, I'm looking up at the night sky all the time. And when the first thing I'll look for is it moving straight. 
Uh, yeah. Does it is it does it seem normal? And and can I explain it pretty relatively easily? Right. Ninety nine percent of the times it's yes. It's when you what you described when they start moving in in patterns that you know kind of defy um, the laws of physics. Then you have to start asking like, well, that's not a satellite. That's not a star. Yeah. That's not haze it, or gas. For sure. It def- it definitely did not seem like a natural phenomenon. Um, now. This is so long ago, mm-hmm. and I, I can still see that in my mind very vividly, but I couldn't tell you, did I dream that? Did I, was I actually seeing that? Was I in that weird in-between state of sleep and awake? And, sleep paralysis. You know, but I, I remember it being at night, and I remember telling the story the next day. And That's did important. The, did the light have like a different color of any kind, or was it just like a starlight not really it was just like a starlight you know so i was in sedona arizona which we've touched upon a little bit and we should probably dedicate a whole episode to sedona at some point because it's a a town where weird stuff happens hot spot hot spot um good wine too oh yeah yeah great 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 wine wine. good well and jerome nearby (laughs) is supposed to be super haunted too so there's like that whole pocket it's another one of those weird areas uh, but I was sitting out, I was there with my family and my, my aunt and my cousin had already gone to bed and I was sitting outside with family friends and we were just sitting out drinking wine, talking, looking at the stars. We were sitting on a sort of a hillside where you could kind of oversee the, the mountain range that, um, is the backdrop to the little downtown area. And out of the corner of my eye, this bright light came out and I expected to turn Look, turn my head and see a helicopter because it was that kind of intense bright. It's like when a helicopter spotlight, you know, when you're being chased by the police, sure, you know, you're doomed because the helicopter spotlight is (laughs) beaming down on you. It was like that. And uh, my one of the two friends, uh, Gigi, she turned and saw it too, just in time to watch it shrink down. Oh, wow! And I grew up near a small uh airport that flew out private planes and some you know uh that wasn't commercial and so i was used to as a kid watching planes land over the field next to my house so i could you can tell if it's got the you know the the faa regulated lights and the blinking red lights and all this stuff this thing didn't have anything like that and the night sky was big enough you could point out the other airplanes in the sky so this thing did what Paul was talking about. It shrunk down, and then I watched it. We watched it as it Paul's went. didn't shrink. Well, it, it was like a yours it, shrunk. Mine shrunk, but it, to it, the it, size of the thing. To that the I size saw. of the thing, <laughs> it looked like I'm another. Kidding, it yes. looked like another stall. <laughs> Wait a minute! It looked like another star in the sky, and I watched. We watched it as it traveled across the horizon, and then it dropped. And then it low to the low to the horizon, and then it started doing these loop de loop swirls yeah that's weird and we tracked it for about five minutes before we watched it just go boop, and it dropped down toward the horizon and disappeared but it made me think well that makes a lot of sense because if it's if there if it is a craft and it doesn't really want to be called out it make it make you make your craft look like us just another star in the sky and most people aren't gonna notice it but that bright white flash of light at, at first is what caught my attention but i don't know so i've seen something like that mm-hmm. and again i'm like you i'm like i don't know what it was we yeah. watched it for about five five to ten minutes we thought it was weird it was definitely not a plane <laughs> right i mean i i have always been of the opinion that uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure that there is intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. I'm just assuming that there has to be. It's, I would it's agree. so vast. It seems impossible that there's not, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. That's the closest that I've had to an experience like that. You know? That's close enough. That's an encounter. Scare, did it scare you? Do these ideas... It was scary, but it was exciting, too. Right. You know? Just like a lot of other things in Mm -hmm. life. Have you had any of their uh, experiences post? No. That was it. That was it. That was it. And, and, you know, as we get older, we often... uh, well, we try and well, we rethink our experiences, and looking looking back on it, does the experience remain the same, or have you you reconfigured it in your mind at all, or...? I, I haven't. I really haven't. I mean... The weird thing for me is, like, at the time, I feel I felt pretty sure, oh, I saw an unidentified flying object. Mm-hmm. Now, 
even though I, I can still recall the feeling and I can still recall it visually, it, it feels very um, fixed in my mind. I can't say, you know, I don't know. But then again, the term unidentified flying object is a big umbrella term. Yeah, yeah it, so it absolutely is. I feel, I feel comfortable saying that's Paul, what I I feel comfortable saying you haven't fully unpacked this experience, and I think you need to deal with it a little bit more. No, but it is funny that, that <laughs> some people have these things... And then they just kind of brush it off and they go about their life. I, I mean, I remember hearing a story. Uh, a family friend came over. This is during the holidays a couple of years ago. And she was like, oh, yeah, I saw something in the sky once. It was like a big, giant skyscraper was just floating through the sky. <laughs> right. And we were like, yeah. what? And she goes, I just thought it was some new aircraft I was going to hear about on the news the next day. That's she goes, amazing. oh, I watched it. Tilt. New aircraft. And she said it was the, uh, size, in the shape of a skyscraper. It was the size just of released. She said she and her, like, three-year-old son watched this thing go across the sky. And she didn't She did. She didn't think. She just thought, wow, that's really cool. Mm. What are What, what are we going to hear about? about what are we going to find out next <laughs> wow. and then a couple days went by and nothing came out and that's when she started to go oh that was weird i that guess was that weird. was weird but some people have experiences wow. like that and then just go about their lives and don't question it whereas uh, you and me and other people will have experiences and then it, it really kind of we, we transformative about, it, yeah, yeah. It changes mm-hmm. your the, the whole way you look at the and, universe and you know paul that's so interesting i mean that was right around the age when i had an experience and and it really kind of turned me a whole other direction you know mm-hmm. and uh towards that p- paranormal aspect and you know it's it's interesting that you know the way we go you know i i actually move back and forth and as i get older and i, I i'm moving more towards the skeptic side like i really like to you know, have a tight explanation for for what's happening, and well, yeah, I think I think also like the the older you become, the more the less you put up with things that aren't explained. Yeah, and it's right. like, no, I want to know. Um, please listen to this podcast. Don't turn it off. <laughs> I didn't live this long, right? To have shit be like unclear, you right. know. <laughs> Right. Like, what's going on? I oh, demand no. an explanation. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, uh, so recap, uh, UFOs, you're open to it. 100%, yeah. Ghosts. No, I... I in, in the way that people have experienced ghosts in, in this in every story that I've heard, from from people that I know to people that, you know, things I'm hearing secondhand, I feel like... It just, it's a little too spiritual for me mm. in that I don't think things happen that way. However, I do believe, you know, in energy. I do believe that, you know, it can't be created or destroyed. So I am open to the idea that there is some scientific explanation for all of this. However, I can't, like the idea of unfinished business or, yeah. you know, a, a haunting, well, like, sure. a, like, a, like, a, like a, a motivation I, I that is a little too far for me. Well, I would agree with you, and, and I think part of the problem is modern day science rebukes investigating the paranormal, and we mm-hmm. put so much of the great evidence aside. And you know, if, maybe if it was more open, and uh, you know, maybe we could examine it. I think all of this has a scientific explanation. Some of it might be boring and mundane, That's or right. some of it is just oh, there's stuff we don't understand about the quantum field or the way that, you know... Yeah, Paul touched on it, energy, and listen, I mean, we keep hearing that word and... 100, 200 years from now, they'll be like, oh, they thought that was ghosts. Or actually, they are ghosts, but they're actually this. They're not a a spirit dragging chains around trying to... Yeah, no, I don't believe you're in some, like, purgatory as a soul or spirit that's, like, hanging around, like, haunting your old family members. I remember when I was a kid, they are like, well, when you die, you go to heaven and you'll be with all your family. And I go... That sounds like hell. And I was like, forget that. You know, if that's haunting, I'm out. But you know? I do think that it is possible that, uh, and this sort of sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but I do think it is possible that if, again, the afterlife, if there is one, could also be explained by science and we just aren't there yeah. and maybe we'll mm-hmm. probably never be there. But if it is perhaps just death is a process where you leave one room and go into the other room, you, you, you walked through that door to get there, you might be able to walk back into the room you just left. I love that. Well, it, it also gets into what is our concept of time exactly. and what does that mean? What's a man-made concept? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so who knows how long that um that journey is and how long that how 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 uh how can we measure that threshold and so who knows what we're seeing. But I also feel it, it's not to be discounted that 
there's a lot we still don't know about the human mind. Exactly. We don't know about the human brain, and we don't exactly. know. We don't know the, the stuff that the we have a limitless capacity to talk ourselves into things, to talk ourselves out of things, um, to fill in blanks because we, you know, we got to connect the dots, you know? And so it's like, I'm going to, this, this emotionally makes sense to me that this plus this equals this. But mm-hmm. by that same token, using your own argument against you, Paul, there might be things in the brain that are receptors for these experiences, like little radio tuners. That, Pineal glands. Yeah. The, the, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, that, we may not realize that we we don't understand that either, That's right. which it would be a scientific ex- explanation. I'll grant you that. Sure. All right, well, okay. There you go. And then finally, we got to ask you, uh, just going down the checklist, Bigfoot. Where do you stand with Bigfoot? He's laughing. I love it. I don't. I uh, I don't buy it. Okay, I don't buy it. That's fine. I really do. As much as space is infinite, I feel like we would have had more concrete evidence of Bigfoot. They're discovering well, new species every day, Paul. And I will post about that. That's true, Michael. Um, well, the mountain gorilla wasn't wasn't really <laughs> discovered I mean, so, until the turn of the century. But he yeah. was a gorilla. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well right. Bigfoot might be a gorilla. I mean, the turn, of, a gorilla. The turn know, of this century? <laughs> well, Paul, maybe I can, <laughs> maybe I can move you more into... I, I'm a Bigfoot uh, is, is an interdimensional traveler type thing, so... Maybe without leaving evidence behind, I can shift. I you told over you there. guys he was in the weird shit. I told you guys. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So um, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our story of high strangeness of the week. Hi, welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, it's our segment we like to call High Strangeness, where we share a story from paranormal history with our guest. This week, it's my turn. Uh, and Paul, I have got, and Bryce, I don't want to discount you. You already kind of know, I sure, think I've I know you coming. off on what's coming up, but I don't think you're familiar with this story mm. either. It might Ooh, ring a few bells. What a this scoop. is one of my favorite UFO, and I'm glad we we're talking about UFO today. This is one of my favorite close encounter stories because it is just straight up weird. And it's <laughs> kind of funny and it kind of encapsulates everything that I love about uh, the paranormal world. Oh, so, I can't wait. This is the Kelly Hops- Hopkinsville encounter or the Hopkinsville Goblins. Mm. So, um, this, again, this is a close encounter of the third kind, so it's categorized as being an alien encounter, although we could have some different opinions on this in our next segment. Sure. We'll find out. might just be regular goblins. It might. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. See, already, just the fact that these things are called goblins. It's such is, a tainted word. This is the, <laughs> listen, you have to... I wish people would think about them less... It's so diminutive. It's actually... Uh, it's an EBE. It's an uh, extra extraterrestrial biological entity. It's not a goblin. Um, so this took place near Kelly and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, on August twenty first, nineteen fifty five. Uh, the people involved were the Sutton and Langford families and their friends, the Taylors. Eleven people in total, with uh, seven adults and four kids. Now, uh, this is really also a fun story to just a fun fact. The 62nd anniversary of the story took place on the day of the great solar eclipse this past summer. So there's kind of just a little fun. And there were people, I actually read an article from all places, countryliving.com, that covered that. And that some people were excited that maybe these uh, goblins would come back during the solar eclipse. But actually a really fun article that I never expected to find huh. in Country Living. Fun article out of town and country. Look at that. So the main players in this story, aside from the goblins, which we'll get to. <laughs> are, Hang on, everyone. Guys, no. don't fast Dinner forward. first, then dessert. <laughs> um, is uh, Okay, we've got Elmer Lucky Sutton. And his wife, Vera, and their carnival workers in their early 20s. <laughs> their friends, Billy Ray Taylor, and his wife, June, also carnies. Elmer's mother, Glennie Lankford, she had a different... Also tainted, yeah, carnies. <laughs> carnies. Guys, already credibility is out the window. Oh, no. Um, you seen them goblins? <laughs> uh, anyway, I got to run the Tilted World. Go, go get your camera, Bob. <laughs> Their uh, Elmer Lucky, uh, who we'll call him Lucky, his mom, uh, Glennie uh, Langford, who was the matriarch of the family, and she had a different last name because she remarried. Her four children, Lucky's half siblings, and then Lucky's brother, J.C. Sutton, and his wife, Arlene, and her brother, 
O.P. Baker. O.P. Oh, Baker. His names. I know. That's, this is a television show. It's at least one episode of a show. Uh, so what happened? Now, August 21st, 1955, in rural Kentucky, the Sutton, Taylor, and Linkford families got together to play cards, as one does on a hot summer night. Sure. Around 7 p.m., Lucky's buddy, Billy Ray, uh, he wanted to refill his glass of water from the well outside. So he goes outside to refill his glass of water, and he looks up, and he sees a giant metallic metallic craft, a disc, shoot across the tree line uh, up in the sky, leaving behind a contrail that he said contained all the colors of the rainbow. Mm. So whether or not he got his glass of water, we do not know. But he went back to the house and told everyone at the card game, I just saw the craziest thing outside. Now, Billy Ray and Lucky Renaud play a lot of pranks on one another. And so everybody went, ah, shut up. You're, you're yanking our chain. And it, but he, they could tell he was actually really freaked out by it and didn't let it go. So Lucky says to Billy Ray, well, it's probably just a meteor, but let's go out and take a look. So they go outside while everybody else is in the house. And uh, unfortunately, Billy Ray's story turned out to have some veracity to it because... Emerging from the trees, Billy Ray and Lucky saw a three-foot-tall creature. He was described to be all silver with tiny atrophied legs with long arms that contained three claws on each hand. They looked like talons. And the creature was walking towards them with his arms raised up, and they couldn't tell if it was a sort of, I'm peaceful, I'm peaceful, or if it was coming to scratch their... uh, faces off right well like a bear does make themselves yeah. taller and had, i'm at three foot alien now i'm four <laughs> yeah the creature had big ears and round glowing yellow eyes wow. and instead of walking they said that it floated towards them it hovered towards them now when you look at drawings of these creatures and i'm going to pass around so paul uh, these are the eyewitness drawings of what the creatures looked like they're sort of reminiscent of the gremlins from the oh the, my god the, the 1980s film those haunted my nightmares by the way out of one thing the gremlins that movie haunted me for so long i used to picture stripe coming into my dad's yes. window and like scratching me from under the bed the way they left that movie it might just be the lies but be sure to check under the bed. <laughs> yeah, so oh, I think cr- I actually think that the oh, gremlins wow. or the 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 Kentucky uh, goblins were uh, they influenced uh, cre- uh, cre- uh, is it critters, critters, and gremlins. Oh yeah, I think so. This is kind of one of those fun little stories that even like Steven Spielberg knew because he was into this stuff. So it's influenced a lot of the alien movies that have come out. Um, so. Before we go any further, we've seen this creature. It's important to note two things. Number one, Hopkinsville, I cannot say this word, Hopkinsville sits on the 37th parallel north, which has been called the Extraterrestrial Highway by author Ben Mesrich, a.k.a. the Mulder of El Paso. Yeah. The what? The the Mulder. Okay. The Mulder of El Paso. He's a paranormal investigator out of El Paso. It's my favorite title of all time. It's probably his, too. Yeah, yeah, of course. They call me the Mulder of El Paso. Now, according to Mesrich, in his book, The 37th Parallel, which I did not know about until I started researching this story, and I immediately ordered on Amazon, it's arriving tomorrow, I can't wait, Cities and towns along this line have experienced an abundance of UFO sightings and high strangeness, alien encounters. There's, I think there's even like a, a fabled UFO crash that took place along the 37 North Parallel. Um, and that's just remember that because we're going to we're going to get back to it in uh, in a little bit. Yeah. The other thing that you want to remember or another thing that I think is important about this story is that a neighbor of Glenny's farmhouse corroborated later saying that they actually saw strange lights in the woods and at the time just figured the guys were out trying to find some hogs that got loose because apparently that was something that happened god mike i mean i mean for us with that i know so and good. and later the neighbors told the police that she did hear gunshots wow. that were going to follow and she thought that they were trying to fend off a, a big cat or some type of predator on the property because mm-hmm. you know they're out in the kentucky oh, yeah, sure. wilderness this is 1955 so it's very very rural so back to lucky and billy ray they run back into the house 
and they tell the family what they just saw. Now, Glenny, still thinking it's a prank, she starts getting annoyed because they're scaring the kids. And Billy Ray and uh, Lucky get out the guns. They get their 12-gauge and their 22, and they are, like, freaking the fuck out. Shit's Everybody hit the floor. So um, not long after that, Glenny actually, and they, they start to hunker down, and they're, they're checking windows and doors, and Glenny looks over the mom, and she sees through the doorway one of these creatures, the creature standing on the porch, and she screams. Wow. And uh, uh, so she sees it first, and Billy Ray fires at it, and it backflips and rolls away. It does this little weird. I mean, this right. is, and then when we talk about I, high strangeness, one of the things I love about these stories is the cartoonish things that tend to happen in these mm-hmm. things that sound that are so comical, right? And it 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 immediately it's lends to, to discrediting your yes. story. It's and that's where that term, that high strangeness quality, comes to because some of this stuff is so surreal when it happens. Also, everybody's name and occupation. Yes. <laughs> So not helping. The goblin rolls away. Uh, Billy Ray runs out into the porch to go get him, and June, his wife, sees another creature on the roof climbing down from the awning, and its clawed hand is reaching for what I can only assume is Billy Ray's rockabilly hairdo. Wow! And she <laughs> yanks him back. She says, "Get back in the house." She yanks him back in. Lucky goes out with the twelve gauge, fires at the thing, and it it jumps away off the roof. Wow! So they're that's they, the one picture that yes, there's there's a picture the that alien, we'll put up of the, the goblin alien reaching reaching for <laughs> oh, for right, Billy Ray's Paul. head. Oh my god, you're right. So, uh, so he goes off. That one off the roof take takes off into the woods. Now, not shortly after that, either the first or the second goblin reappears at one of the windows, and JC. He's now got his gun. This is uh, this is Lucky's brother. He fires at it through the window, and it too. They keep missing it, or it seems it, the bullets don't affect it. It it takes off. Wow! So everybody's freaking out. They they tell the women and ch- they tell the women to get the children and hide out in one of the bedrooms. And the men are going to go outside and hunt these things down. Glennie says, "No, not without me. You don't." She goes out with the boys, and she's a very a she's a very religious <laughs> woman, and she's. She thinks that these might be demons sent by Satan himself to come test their faith and, and scare them. So she's like, I'm going to go confront this devil on my own. Praise Jesus. We're with you guys. I'm not standing behind, hiding with the women and children. So they go out there. They they spot one of the creatures. Now, they say later there was anywhere from two to four. Some of the stories exaggerate that number, but Glennie always stuck to it. She said, we never saw more than two together at the same time, Ooh. but they were appearing around the house and hearing sounds that it indicated there could have been as many as four. Seems to be important to her. So she, they see one in a maple tree. They shoot at the one in the maple tree, and they hear what sounds like a, a metallic sound, like a, one of the guys described. It's like when you shoot, when you fire a bullet at a bucket, at a metal bucket. And the thing rolled off the tree, then floated to the ground, and then took off. Then they saw another one hop up on top of a barrel. And I think it was Billy Ray. He got point-blank range, shot this thing, and heard the bullet ricochet off the creature. It, too, rolled up into a little ball and bounced bounced off. Ricochet metallic as metallic well? Metallic sound. Gotcha. So everybody's freaking out at this point. And they said that the, the 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 closer they would get to them, or the gunshots, or the sounds would make their make the the creatures glow and their eyes glow brighter. This greenish yellow light. So they uh, they decide they get back into the house and they decide um, we we can't do this. Like a few hours have passed and they go, we're going into town. We're going to the cops. I need coffee. So they go to, into, exactly. They go into hot and, and Billy Ray never got his water either. It's still sitting right, out there. Right. In the well, his well water. Yeah. His well water. <laughs> so they go in and fill the bucket. I mean, come on. Seems why are a little you bit do, more why efficient. Why are you going to the well for a yeah, glass One glass, water. a refill, <laughs> a refill. We don't know how they did things back then. While I'm up, can I get anybody to anything <laughs> from the well? So give they me, give me y'all's glasses. Give me y'all's glasses. <laughs> I'm, I'm going out to the well. I'll fill y'all's up. <laughs> Sorry. So they drive into town, and the police. They tell the police chief they go into Hopkinsville, and the police chief knows this family, and they know that they are not one to ever get the authorities involved in their business whatsoever. <laughs> so they are. If he's Enough like, said. if they are telling me <laughs> this, then something. I don't know what, but something's going on up at the farm, and we're gonna go check it out. He actually also radios over to a nearby by army base and the army base sends military police out 
to the farm as Here's well. Here's where it gets good. And as they're driving back to the property, the cops did say, uh, and the family saw again, two more streaks of light shoot across the sky. Mm-hmm. They get back to the farm. The cops are searching. The military police are there. They don't find anything. They see a bunch of shell casings around where the gun, where the rounds had been fired, but no sign of the goblins, no sign of the creatures. Uh, they did say that they found a puddle of strange substance that shimmered at certain angles. Could have just been well water, but some people think it might have been fluid or blood from one of the gunshots on these creatures. Now, why they didn't bottle it up and go test it, I don't know, but um, that's just one of the colors of the, of the story. So finally, the cops and the military police were like, I don't know, something happened here. We understand you're all scared, but we can't do anything. So 2 a.m., they leave, and the family decides to settle down and, like, let's just try to get some sleep. 2.30 in the morning, old Glenny's trying to tuck herself in. She looks up, and this thing, there's one staring at her in the window. Now, she's kind of gotten to the point where she's she's now moved on. I think the time she got to town and she was thinking about it, it occurred to her that these things hadn't actually tried to attack them. Mm -hmm. So she went, well, maybe they're benevolent. Maybe they aren't demons. Maybe we should stop just shooting at them relentlessly. I love that. Yep. So she calls her son, Lucky, in, and she goes, Lucky, I got another one, but don't, don't shoot, shoot. Don't shoot. He butt kicks down the Lucky. door, fires at that thing, point blank rage, it disappears. Lucky. Now, for the rest of the night, things calm down a I'm little lucky. bit. I'm lucky. Lucky shoots. Lucky, <laughs> lucky shoots lucky. first, ask questions later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and they said for the rest of the night, they had occasional sounds and a couple of them poking their heads in the windows. But by dawn, by dawn... The thing, the the siege had ended, right? And the the story uh, got printed in the paper the next day because when the cops and the military police went, one of the local reporters went with them and took photos. And you can actually see the newspaper reports of like the the cops pointing at the roof and you know around the farmhouse. And the story got exaggerated. They called. They said there were twelve creatures. They said mm. the little green men had invaded a Kentucky farmhouse, and Glenny was pissed because she goes, "There were no more than four fake news." And she was, "This mm-hmm. is this is early. This is absolutely fake news." And she was pissed about that the, they were blowing the story out of proportion. It's already crazy. And she said, "And they weren't green. They were silver and gray." So she was pissed. And then story caught on. And the farmhouse became a hot spot for uh, Looky Loos and Flying Saucer Nuts. And eventually, she had to leave the farm. She couldn't take it anymore, and she bought an apartment in town. So there's a happy ending for for Glenny. All right. Uh, but, well, one- but still, I mean, it's a shame when a, a carny matriarch is driven from her home. <laughs> That's the tragedy. It's the saddest thing. It is. It's the saddest thing. Well, uh, and there was a radio DJ who had read the story, a local DJ, and he went, well, there is something here. And he kind of felt the fake news of it and that the paper wasn't taking the story too seriously. So before she was, you know, had to leave her home, uh, this is within the week of um, of the incident, he drove out to the house and he goes, okay. I want to take I take this seriously and he did an interview with them and he made them all draw what they saw separately and those are these drawings that I'm passing around and he if you note all That's these a triangulation first of all of these evidence. carnies are pretty good artists right and second w- w- despite some minor details they are very consistent the wim- one of the women said no their waists were thicker and they were a little bit bulkier and Billy Ray insisted that at least one of them had little antennae yeah. So he drew that onto his picture, but they all are roughly the same size. I've never the same seen those shape, before. Uh, with these kind of like wide gremlin bat ears. Um, so one thing to tack on to this: one of them is like ripped. Yeah, one of them. I think that's the, <laughs> wim- the women. The women. He had these beautiful abs. Yeah, June was like. <laughs> he I believe was sexy. his pectorals were very. Con- <laughs> they were just nice. Okay, so that is the end. Of the Kentucky uh, Goblin incident. However, it might not be the whole story. Mm. Because that same night, an hour and seven minutes north of Hopkinsville, uh, outside Evansville, Indiana, there were two women uh, that took a swim in the Ohio River. This is August 21st, 1955. And Mrs. Darwin Johnson and Mrs. Chris Limble, both of them have masculine names, which I'd just like <laughs> to point out is fun. Well, that's 
Are they referring to their husbands? Names? They maybe that's true. Yeah. That 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 would make that makes yeah, sense yeah. now, Paul. This is why I have you on to teach me about gentlemanly ways. Uh, so, Mrs. <laughs> let's call them Mrs. Johnson and Mrs. Limble, uh, because I could not find their first names. Uh, Mrs. Johnson claims she was swimming when she was suddenly clutched by a three clawed hand that dragged her underwater twice. As her friend, Mrs. Nibble just stood on the shore and screamed and tried to holler for help, but nobody was around. Mm. Mrs. Johnson managed to get herself away, and when they looked at her leg, there was a a small three-clawed hand mark that had imprinted itself and cut her leg. Now... A lot of cryptozoologists say this sounds a lot like the um, the Leland Frog, Leland the Loveland Frog, Frog Monster, Frog monster yeah. um, the Loveland Frog Man, Loveland Frog Man, and the right. Thetis Lake Monster. But I pointed out for a couple reasons. One is that this took place on the exact same night, an hour uh, just over an hour north of Hopkinsville. Two, the description of the three clawed hand is very similar to the Kentucky Hobgoblins. And then, or goblins, I, I like to call them hobgoblins. Um, <laughs> and then three, Evansville is also right along the thirty seventh parallel north line lati- latitude line that our longitude runs north and uh, that that uh, Hopkinsville is. Do you think it's like taking your dad's Mustang out for the night? Let's go. Uh, let's go screw around <laughs> Hopkinsville. Let's right. for a night. For a night. Let's and just I, fuck I, around. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think they're related, but you can't help but point. No, out it's a great the, connection. The, it's Mike. worth Absolutely. mentioning, and so mm-hmm. it's just something else to think about. Yeah. Um, and I will say, there's a little bit of a teaser to perhaps a future episode of Paul comes back on the show. I did a little more digging. We don't have time for it today, but in 2015, <laughs> it's possible that the goblins returned. Oh what? yeah. And so if you ever come back on the show, we're going to do the sequel to the Kentucky Goblins. And it gets, I did a little looking into it, and it gets even, it gets weird. All right. Weird, weird, weird. That's It involves some caves and some military bases. Caves again. They're the caves. So that's the Kentucky Goblin incident. That was wonderful. All right, great. Uh, great When we come back, uh, we're going to ask Paul, what the hell was that? Hi, welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, and now it's time for What the, what the Hell Was that? that? So, Paul, uh, you brought up a good point in the break, Thank but you. I'd like to ask you, based on the story you just heard, what the hell was that? Man, this is a tough one because it's it's got so many people that are claiming the same thing. Um, it, you know, the description of the creatures is like, you can't point to anything, any existing animal that we already have on Earth and say, oh, it's one of these, Mm-mm. you know? Well, I'm going to say one skeptical, one skeptic's theory was that the creatures had actually been monkeys that they stole from the carnival and painted with glow-in-the-dark paint, which oh. I think is less credible than the actual story we heard. Yeah, that's so... Di- yeah. I love what they come up with, because that's just crap. Yeah. I mean... I mean I, you know, I don't know, I don't know much about you know, mass hallucinations or things like that. I mean, it seems like this, I don't know, but then the fact that it's a whole family, Mm -hmm. like everybody, three generations, three generations. Yeah. That, uh, I don't know. And their story was, and I think this is worth pointing out through over time because of the fake news element of the, God, why am I using that expression? But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, because the news story was sort of outlandish, you know, the rumors spread and the story got embellished, but the family was always consistent. They never changed. They all, because they came back and would interview them for books and UFO books. And they always, and they were very angry that it, the story the sounded, got even crazier than it actually was. Right. Well, because the details are strange enough, they don't exactly. need they don't need exaggeration. You don't need fifteen yeah. of these things when you've already got one. I mean, a hobgoblin backflipping after you shoot it—that's good enough. Yeah. Why exactly. would people exaggerate it? Right. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Like, well, I get people get things wrong. Yeah, people and, get things wrong. Know. They're like, I heard there's fifteen creatures up there. Let's go on. And it's and also take a look. telephone. You know, it's just like people. It, it gets. The 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 more the story passes, the more people are trying to again. People are trying to piece together, you know. Oh, this is, and then I think this happened. But mm-hmm. even that, that's to even more point. When you see something so crazy, and even our stories, Mike's and mine, the, the things we've experienced, and you just shared it with us today, we go back to that place in time, and we remember mm-hmm. the details are there, how we felt, just like the experience. Yeah. It's all remains so vivid, and I think 
those details are, are, are supposed to be, you know, intact, mm-hmm. you know, and that's probably why old Granny wanted to preserve them. <laughs> right. The only thing I can think is that some other more mundane, horrible thing happened, and this was their cover story. Mm, that's <laughs> right. good. Right. That, that's good. Like, no, here's I mean, what we tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but what the I mean, hell shots are fired. That? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, what oh God, that's dark. That's <laughs> really dark. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, in the military too, see, because when you start to get there is an art there is it is important noticing in a lot of these UFO stories happen in and around military. Well, that's bases. right. When when yeah. you start to get the uh, the police involved and then the military involved as well, then you get, you know, the evidence starts to mount, and uh, the, the witness reports start to become more credible. Yeah. And my favorite UFO reports are the ones from airline pilots, commercial ones, mm-hmm. military. Yeah. Those well, are the astronauts, ones, too. The astro- yeah, yeah, Edgar Mitchell, Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, they've all seen them. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, those are, those are the ones that are hard to refute. But, you know, it gets into which way does your paranoia go? So is your paranoia that there's, things, there's things out there that the government won't tell us, or these things are the government— you yep. know, who it's like any a kind from of column A, a little bit, from yeah, column B. yeah, yeah, yeah. So any kind of strange craft you might see is that is that you know an earthly thing that we're not supposed to know about. You know, Paul, you've stumbled right onto it. I mean, you've divided the <laughs> class of where people are in UFO lore. Are these things yeah. coming from an extraterrestrial place? Are these things coming from? us, our own human civilization, recreating them from technology we've garnered. Well, and there's a whole yeah. conspiracy theory that it's so much the government yeah. that they're going to actually stage a fake alien invasion. A fake invasion alien war, that's right. To right, right. get everybody to sign up for a one-world government, yeah, which is, that's just stolen from the end of Watchmen, Well, the there's a, yeah. yeah, there's a there's a great author, Stephen Greer, who presents a pretty outstanding case. I know, case. but that guy, come on. I'm I don't that know, this guy. guy. I mean, I get it. And listen, Stephen, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Sure. But I... I don't know. It it always it always some of this stuff. It's will a lot. Go, it goes to a point where then it it delves into the alt right. That's right. And it delves into mm-hmm. the Alex Jones stuff of the world. And I go, that's where you're losing me mm-hmm. here. Now I tend to think like Paul that there probably is a lot of craft that the government doesn't want us to know about because it's top secret. It's like the stealth bomber. We've been doing it for a hundred years. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, some of the stuff may have been retro. Uh, Fitted and and made from back to you know ba- uh, backwards technology from crash stuff that happened at Roswell. I mm-hmm. don't know, but I don't. I think my theory is if the government knows, they're not saying anything for one big reason, which is the purpose. One of the main t- purposes of a federal government, especially, is to protect the nation from invaders. And if there is something out there that they know, they can't tell their citizens they can't tell Put the, the lid on they can't tell us so so if they came out the government said okay aliens exist the first question is okay uh can they hurt us can can they invade us yeah what are the we go- gonna do about it and the government's <laughs> like yeah okay what are you doing to protect us from that mm. we can't because they are so far advanced if they wanted to they could wipe us out like that <laughs> and then that it's you not just about said the, what it's so not, many people it's won't not say, really. about mm. it's not about the religion oh my god you know people say well then all the everyone freak out it's not about that it's the government basically admitting that it is instantly Helpless. irrelevant right and that's why they keep a lid on it and also i would think that they probably keep a lid on it because whatever's going on they figure they're probably not going to invade us just the way that we won't invade an ant colony or mm. a uh, group of uh, chimpanzees if they wanted to enslave us they would have done that right. by now because right. they, some people would they say they already have but if this <laughs> right. is you know i don't know but 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 that that's kind of where i think it and there could be obviously multiple types of aliens that some do want to come here and blow us away independence day style but that's why i think the government will never say anything because they are immediately irrelevant mm-hmm. that's a great argument agreed Agreed. Okay, well, that's a good place to end. <laughs> you also agree. I also agree with myself. <laughs> Riley, you agree? Nods and up Riley. That's four. Uh, so we're going to wrap up that segment, and we're going to come back for our little collector's corner. We'll be right back. Great. Welcome back to BCC. <laughs> it's time for the collector's <laughs> corner, which Paul just pointed out. It's It's... Three Bigfoot Collectors Club is three quarters Bigfoot Club, 
One quarter collectors. <laughs> yeah. So we spent a long that's time. It. That yeah. is a long time. Well, <laughs> you know, Bryce and I, we've worked together on a couple projects, and then we also discovered not only were we into this stuff, but we found out that we both collect like comics and action figures mm-hmm. and stuff. And Bryce was saying, we got to find a way to... To work, weave that into the show, and I was ready to do a whole podcast on toys. He just wanted to do. I was like, like, you know, that just sounded expensive. To right. Me. So I went. You know what? Let's call it Bigfoot Collectors Club because we're collecting all these stories, and then we'll have a little segment at the end, just kind of a little palate cleanser where we can share some stuff. Sure. So, uh, being as it is called the Collectors Club, Paul, did you ever collect anything? When I was a kid, I had a beer can collection. What? Awesome Schlitz. Uh, everything it oh. was it was the idea was to try to get as many different varieties of beer can as possible now, when you were a kid yeah now, wow when i was a kid my dad used to buy different beers so that you know it was me and my brother kind of curated this collection that's amazing and um how did you display it this is important there were these um uh plastic they were really flimsy these um plastic uh display Cases is very generous. Oh no! I think the idea was that they were they were kind of frames, and you could hang them on the wall, and you you would put the the can behind like an elastic band, um, and uh, they were pretty shitty. But also, the cans that we had uh, for for like a beer can to be valuable, I don't know what kind of condition it's supposed to be in. I don't know if it's like got to be yeah, <laughs> yeah. if it's got to be like a full beer or right. if it's got to be like the can is some edge like just an empty sealed and some of those can. Things explode. Oh. I had a Pepsi can from episode 1 when Star Wars <laughs> came out and it ultimately just exploded. Right. So I was like, oh, I should probably empty that. You know, I would do that to my old dad's six cans. I'd pull out one and then like save it like an old RC cola. Mm-hmm. Like, what like, was your favorite can? The generic. That was like the holy grail. Was What's that? The white can oh. with just black lettering that said beer. Oh, that wow. actually was this? blue lettering. I think that actually exists. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It might still. I'm not sure. Wow. But yeah, that that generic thing. That was like the early '80s, mid '80s, early '80s, wow. where um, there was a whole line of generic products mm-hmm. that was just white packaging with blue lettering that oh, said man. what it was yeah i'm gonna look that up we'll put that on the instagram that one took a long time to find um bryce did you have anything for to share today no i think uh i did bring something great. now I, I mentioned i'm a comic book geek as yes. most people who know me know oh i love and these this is part of my research for today's story it came from one of my all-time favorite series the paradox press uh big books of and this is the big book of the unexplained yeah and they actually have a segment in it a comic in it of the uh goblin incident oh cool the encounter which is really really fun and they play up the the comedy of it of course i think i must have read this one because i've i've read all of these yeah you could actually play this guy who's the host i can't remember who he is but look at him you could pull you could pull that off all right i mean he's in He's in, but uh, it's not they, the had, most they had the flattering picture I to be. Pointed to the wrong, I pointed to the wrong. Uh, <laughs> the no, there's a more handsome version. Yeah. He's not in. He's not in. <laughs> Look, you lost him. There, he's quite handsome oh, in that he's, one. He's much yeah. more. It's a much more flattering angle. This guy. that he was drawn at. It's it. not yeah. the goblin. I basically <laughs> pointed at like a fat Monopoly man. <laughs> oh god! So you can play him, Paul. <laughs> no, but he's got a suit and he's got a mustache got and a dark suit. hair. Uh, but um, anyway, they had the. They, I love this series. There's the Bigfoot. Uh, the Big Book of the Weird West, which is an awesome one. one. It's got the weirdest stuff. And there's like, uh, what is it, like convicts and the unexplained vigilantes. vigilantes. Yeah. That's so good. So they're out of print now, but if you, I think you can still find them in used bookstores. Go out and find the Paradox Press Big Book of series. Uh, so that's what I brought in to share today. That's cool. And uh, before we go, I want to thank Paul for coming in and being part of the show. This me was too. so thank much you, fun. Paul. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I, I'm like just happy to, we have a podcast now so we can bring in people like, Mr. PFT here. Yeah. Uh, before we go, is there where can people find you? Uh, I'm PF Tompkins on all the socials. PFT O M P K I N S. And uh, I have a podcast myself called Spontaneous Nation, which I've been on. That's right. You were one of our earliest. Yeah, guests, that's actually. why I'm returning the favor. That's right. And thank you very much. Oh, it's, thank that's, you. Uh, comes out every Monday. Um, the usual podcast places, and it's great. Please thank listen you. to that. And anything else you want to plug before you go? Anything? Eh, interesting? I don't know. I'll be in uh, in January. I'll be at San Francisco Sketchfest. This will go up December fourth. I yeah. believe. tickets are on sale. I'm doing a bunch of shows up there. Sketchfest in San Francisco is fantastic. If you are uh, in that area, or if you want to like make a trip and fly up or drive up um it's it's a great great festival 
um, with tons of great shows, and I'm doing a, I'm doing a bunch. The um, First weekend of the festival, but you can go to pauleftompkins.com slash live. Awesome. Thank Great. you. Uh, Bryce, anything? No, email us your crazy and weird stories yes. or comment on the ones Thank that we've you. shared. Uh, we want your stories because we're going to start doing listener files. And uh, I already know some people have I've said, oh, you got to send that into the right. show. So it's Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. Send us your stories. We'll read them on the air. We'll do a special episode every now and then where we just do listener mail. Um, yeah, find us on social media at Bigfoot Collectors Club. And then you can find Bryce on Instagram yeah, at, at Mr. Bryce Johnson. And I'm at McMills on everything. Uh, two Z's at the end of that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Big shout out to Riley oh, for yeah. doing our sound. Yeah. And I want to thank, as always, uh, Sound Eaters for providing our music from the song Come Alone, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Thanks so much. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You want to take a shot at Bigfoot? Yeah. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.